This is a podcast from WSUM. The opinions expressed in this podcast do not reflect the views of WSUM, the University of Wisconsin-Madison, or its Board of Regents. You're listening to the Jump Around Podcast from WSUM Sports. Hello all, welcome back to a very special edition of the Jump Around Podcast. My name is Nick Steyer and I'm joined here today with ESPN producer, host, Colin Russo. Producer to lead, I like that, you know. Got I gotta lay out my priorities first. Oh no no! I mean I I guessed uh, or I helped you out with some of those Great Dane hosts and uh, you were phenomenal. Yeah, so we're, we're happy to have if you. We, here. If we wind the clocks back, I would say two months. I was sitting there, sitting on my hands, having no idea what I'm doing at the Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company down in Hilldale, and it was this one and only Nick Steyert who came in, knew where the Comrex was, oh. knew where the Ethernet needed to be, knew how to plug in the headsets. I was just there to host. I had nothing to do with the matter of producing the actual event. I also knew how to get your order correct and, and get you water. He was very was good fantastic. with the waiters, and, and the staff spoke very highly of him. He got the checks organized. He knew how to use the right card. If there's anything that is to attribute producing the actual event, I will give this very own host of the Jump Around, Nick Steyert, all of his flowers here, not myself. Oh, you're too much, Colin. You are too much. And you, you were joined by some great company on that show, too. That was Brad Nortman and Chris Orr on that one, former Badger football players. Chris Orr, the former linebacker in that 2015-2018 seasons. And uh, Brad Nortman, the punter for the Russell Wilson team, for the Monty Ball team. Uh, those guys played with some good football players, I'll tell you that. So they got a lot of good insights. So I love working with them. Yeah, it's it's great that those are the football guys, but we're gonna we're gonna be talking basketball today. It's winter season. Oh yeah, it is. Oh, it's yeah. winter season. I mean, like you you lose a little bit of faith in the football season after that Indiana game. So now we're shifting onto the basketball season, and of course, hockey season oh, yeah. as well. But oh, yeah. this is a basketball oriented program, and we don't want to completely dilute the crowd. So we're gonna see some great teams over at the Kohl Center. Obviously, we've had that hockey. Going great. Mm-hmm. Going great. What do we sweep Michigan? Yeah. Talk about the that. basketball wow. team should build off of that momentum. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It's an aura in that gym right now. It, there's a certain energy. Yeah. And obviously, we had that season opener against Arkansas State. That went very well. 105 points. Oh, yeah. That's a record. Uh, going well is an understatement. Yeah. Uh, in Arkansas State, I wouldn't call them, you know, the 86 Celtics, but nonetheless, scoring 105 points, breaking the record, actually, at the Kohl Center uh, for points scored. You got to be happy with that. Oh, I mean, did you, you go to that thrilled. game? I did not. I did you watch not. the highlights, though. Mm-hmm. Didn't get to see it live. Did you I, go to the UW Stevens Point uh, scrimmage? No, you no, did, I did not, not go to that. No, I did not. So you have not seen the team play live at the Kohl Center yet? No, I have not. But Friday, Friday, Friday when they host Tennessee. That's right. Okay. Yeah. So that's going to be your first game of the year. Your first real taste of this team. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm going to be one for three come Friday. One for three. And then, I mean, if we're talking three-point shooting, maybe that's good. Hey, uh, hey okay you'll probably get on the floor with that. Yeah, I'm okay with that number. Uh, I guess I'm just there for the primetime games. I think it's on Peacock. I, that's what I, I believe you're right. Yeah. I hate that. Yeah, I, I'm not a big fan. I hate no. that. No. Why no. streaming services for a sporting event? And they do that with the football, and you yeah. know the football has got that monopoly on everybody. But with college basketball, where if anything, you should make it more available to the public. Right. People... Right. If they're not a Wisconsin basketball fan, are not tuning in to that game based on like flipping through the channels on television. No, absolutely not. Like and- la- last night, I was looking. I turned into the Michigan 
I believe they played UNC Asheville game last night just because it was on. Right. You're not stumbling through Peacock and be like, oh, let's watch the Tennessee Wisconsin. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, and that that's what I was talking about with some people last night. Is like they are big Badger fans, and they were very disappointed that it was on Peacock because it's like this is a great game. They want to see it. Yeah, and like last night we were watching Auburn and um, what's it? Auburn Baylor. and Baylor. Baylor. That's right. Great game. Yeah. Great game. But it was like that. that's the primetime game that you want to have your own team on. You want to see Tennessee, Wisconsin if you're not able to make it to the Kohl Center that night. Yeah. A little disappointed. Yeah. I. You know, one thing I'll say about that is when it's about availability, I think a team's success warrants that availability. Baylor won a national championship two years ago. They got a um, – they have a lot of – I don't know, publicity on the national scale. What has Wisconsin done? True. NIT last year? Yeah, they made a run. Come on. Losing (laughs) to North Texas at the end of the year. If anything, uh, they need to kind of thrust themselves back into the spotlight. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, we are in a very big position to do that. I completely agree. I want to talk about preseason schedule. Okay. It's, It's more difficult than I think than we've had in the past. Okay. And it's kind of exciting. We're we're gonna have number nine Tennessee. So you, wait, so you like this? You like it? You like a more difficult preseason schedule as comparative? I to do, a, I yeah? do, because it gives you those quad one, quad two games where you can see those records, and I know a lot of it's based on those. And I will tell you one thing: the Big Ten's not gonna be that great this that's year. That's what I. Uh, that's exactly what I'm saying. I think we have three ranked teams, which I I'm pretty skeptical about. I think we should be one of those. Maybe that's a little bit of bias, but I think we are one of those top four teams. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people are putting us. Maybe slated at five below Maryland in that. But we're definitely below Michigan State. We're definitely below below Purdue. And a lot of polls have us below Illinois as well. So I think we are kind of wavering around that number five yeah, spot. But this is an opportunity to really kind of punch back into that. So let's go through this schedule really quick. I'll let you lead the way. Sure thing. So we got home against Tennessee, number nine Tennessee. Yep, that's the first ranked matchup of the year, Tennessee at home. See, a couple things about Tennessee. One, they're, they're returning quite a few guys. Right. Uh, Santiago Vescovi is one of them. Zakai Ziegler is another one. Speaking of that, both of those guys, they're starting point guard, Ziegler, and they're starting two guard and Vescovi. Elite defenders, elite scorers. But what their deal is, they had a secret scrimmage at East Lansing taking on Michigan That's State. Right. And they beat them 89-88. What was the catch? Without Santiago Vescovi and without Zakai Ziegler. So this Tennessee team is going to come with firepower. I've been looking at a lot of projections throughout the past uh, few weeks, and Tennessee being labeled with the Elite Eight Final Four predictions of a lot of these analysts. So because of that, you know what? That preseason height means absolutely nothing. 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 Until they come to the Kohl Center and see what they're made of. So Maybe Let's like just that. point out that you know Michigan State is no walk in the park, and they took them down without two of their better players. But nonetheless, Tennessee, they got a lot of big guards. They're going to play elite defense. They're going to struggle scoring the ball. So we'll be see how we can handle their defense, how the guards can handle their guard defensive play, and more importantly, how they can score in bunches, which is what this team did against Arkansas State. Right. So we'll see if they can carry that on through actual ranked play. What do you think about that game? It's, well, like you said, the scoring in bunches, we're going to have to score the basketball, and that's something we may not have done that well last year. Yeah. 
but we add a guy like AJ Store. Mm-hmm. We add some more depth on the bench. I mean, I really like Connor Season coming off the bench. Yeah, just because he can be that scorer. Go score, Connor. Go, yeah. go do your thing. And, and if he, he's healthy. In the short bunches, he did it last year. Asijin actually had a little more success coming off the bench in the games comparatively to when he was starting. Right, right. He's a little bit better of a spark plug, microwave, volume shooter type of guy off the bench than he is in the starting lineup. In the starting lineup, it's important to get your guys going early, right? It's a, it's important to have everybody touch the ball, get Wallace's bucket early, get Crowell's bucket early, definitely get Store his bucket early, maybe Hepburn hits a three. Right. Get the guys who need to be involved in order to get their offensive rhythm going involved early. Asijin is a plug-and-play. Asijin can come in off the bench, and he's a, an immediate microwave. He can take a shot. He'll take this first good look he take, he sees, and he can get going on his own. So there's a level of, like, build off your personnel yeah, and have your game plan surrounding that. Asijin can get going whenever he wants because we know he's an elite scorer. Right. Store's probably in the same boat, but Store is obviously the offensive-defense play with his athleticism. So it'll be interesting to see how they handle it against Tennessee uh, because, uh, you know, Tennessee in that secret scrimmage against Michigan, I'm putting too much stock in it, first of all. But they started the game 15-1. to When are we going to call Michigan State fraudulent? Uh, I think we're going to call them fraudulent when they lose another game. That James Madison loss, you know, James Madison played well. James one. Madison, not a bad team. No, not a bad team at all. I think they're being overlooked a little bit, too. Hey, you know, they, Michigan State's got a young team. It's hard to put Izzo in a right. spot to really judge that. You know, Calipari has lost hundreds of those early games because of just youth. Right. And you got to give Izzo some time to figure it out. You know, I saw something interesting, too. Like, we'll, we'll shift it back to Wisconsin in a second. But uh, people were talking about it on Twitter. Like, Izzo needs to, like, adjust to the times because it's NIL. These players are a little more agenda-laden than a normal player is. They're a little less team-based. Izzo is as classic as they come. Right. I don't know how much Izzo is comfortable with, you know, the NIL sector and the NIL type of teams where the players are more individualized. And ultimately a little more soft right. in, in how they view their program and their team. Because these guys are five-star recruits. These guys are looking for a one-and-done. Looking for a one-and-done. I'm not sure how well Izzo is accustomed to that. And, you know, Coach K left. Roy Williams left. Hell, Jay Wright left. Right. You go down the list of these guys who walked away from the game probably. And I'm, I would be lying if, it, if NIL didn't have something to do with it. And uh, so it's interesting to see how Izzo kind of responds to that. Because they're young guys, they're entitled, they think they deserve the world. But in college hoops, it's we, 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 not me, me, me. And in college hoops, it's conference play that really ultimately decides a lot. Absolutely. So, yes, this preseason, that that is also why I'm very encouraged about our preseason schedule. Because, yes, we do have close to, I think it is, four ranked teams in our first eight games. So we got the Tennessee game out of the way. Let's move on. Yeah, so we're going to go away to Providence following that Tennessee game. Yeah. Not a ranked team, but a good game nonetheless. Providence, oh, I've sure. been there. They call it the Bowl. It's a, it's a very good uh, – I'm from Connecticut, so I've been to all the Big East school games and stuff like that. But Providence, an awesome home crowd. Okay. Awesome home crowd. And um, uh, I was very impressed with that. And they got a new head coach in, Alex English, who's coming in from George Mason. And they lost uh, Ed Cooley. They're, they're, he was their prized guy. Yeah. Imagine Greg Gard going to – Marquette or Iowa. Okay. That's the situation that happened with Ed Cooley. He went to Georgetown. Oh, wow. And uh, he was trying to take a couple players. Alex English came in, kept all their main players. Okay. Evan Carter, Bryce Hopkins. Bryce Hopkins could be a national player. So that's going to be not, it's not going to be an easy game on the road like that. And it's immediately after Tennessee. So hopefully you have a little momentum from the Tennessee game coming in. 
that will not be an easy game. That would be that. best case scenario. If we have some momentum after that Tennessee game, maybe maybe we don't win, but we do make it a game. It's a very easy opportunity. If you lose a hard-fought overtime battle to Tennessee and have a little hangover game for Providence, drop two in a row, right. it's very possible. And that's realistic. Yep. Got to be Absolutely. very careful with how you handle that. And it does get a little easier after that. Yep. Robert Morris at home, mm-hmm. I think we'll win that game with flying stripes. I agree. We're going to be fine there. I'll be home. But it will be it will be either a two and two team after that game. It could be a three and one team. It's it's not gonna be it's not gonna be pretty these next three games. Yeah. But it will be hard fought. And I think if we got any indication of what this team's made of, we're gonna score the basketball, which is gonna be new for us Wisconsin Badger fans. It'll be a little more exciting. We've got a couple more lineups going. We have new players, but we also have our returning players. Yep. It's gonna be exciting. Yeah. So after this, we get the Fort Morris- Myers tip off. Right after this, the the Virginia game. Yes, yes. So that the, the winner will get the winner of the West Virginia SMU game, which is not listed on the schedule. Something to consider as well. Oh wow, yeah. I guess I, I missed I, that one. The the tough game is the Virginia game. I think so too. Yeah, that is a Wisconsin game through and through. Absolutely, a, a, a Wisconsin of old. We don't know what type of Wisconsin team this is. Right, right. We is just broke a scoring record. This what game, happened? There? This game will be in the fifties yes. if it was last year's team. Yes. So and it still very well could be in the fifties yeah. this year too. One thing about Wisconsin though is they always play. They always start the year pretty well. You know, la- uh, two years ago they played Kansas really, really tough. I believe it was. I think war. last year they played them um, very tough as well. Yep. Yeah. Uh and that's what you need. And Johnny Davis, the Johnny Davis year they beat, they beat somebody good early. I can't think of it at the moment, but uh, they play well early on in the year. Probably because they're really stout defensively. They're usually well-conditioned. And they take teams by surprise a little bit. I think so, too. So, and, I, and I think that's why we have some analysts going, okay, this Wisconsin team, yeah, they're not ranked right now. But we they do show us in the rankings in bracketology. Yep. They do show us finishing the year well. Yeah. So, yes, we are going to start early. Maybe we take a lull in Big Ten play. Maybe we don't. But we will be in that bracket conversation. Yeah. So, you get no the doubt. Fort Myers tip-off. You get that Virginia game into – the West Virginia SMU winner or loser if we lose that game. So uh, that that will be an interesting one. It's not the most impossible, you know, tournament, uh, Thanksgiving right. tournament schedule slate. So I'm not terribly worried about it. But because we have – Wisconsin has tougher games on the schedule. Oh, let's, let's be honest. Absolutely. And that, that one following that tournament. Yep. It's it's Western Illinois at home. That's not – Tune up. That's not one we're worried about. And then you got about a te- – yeah, you got another five-day break from in between that. And then – Home against Marquette, I believe. Mm-hmm. That wow. that one's scary. Yep. That one is as scary as it gets early. Great game last year. Oh, Great fantastic. game last year. Fantastic. Was it 89-88 or something like that? Oh, terrific game. But uh, Marquette returning four of their five starters. Yes. Five of their top six contributors. Yes. Shakas Moran's got it down this year. Oh, yeah. That oh, team yeah. is going to be up near the top of the crop in terms of college basketball. Absolutely, and it's, it's funny to me because they are slotted at fifth in the AP polls right now, Yep, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. They're really being kind of underlooked in bracketology. And I don't know if I'm talking too much about bracketology True. way too early. Probably. But I've seen that. I, I probably am. But I've seen them not at a one or a two a couple times. I've seen them maybe at a three, maybe a four. And it's like right now they have a lot, a lot of hype. Yeah, and, and you warranted though, you yeah, know they, they, they won thirty games last year. Right, they won the Big East title in the tournament. They beat UConn. Right, and clearly that team has some juice. Oh yeah, and uh, you know bringing them back, I'm sure this pisses them off. 
Oh, for sure. sure this pushes sure. them off. So that, that, that's a team that's going to be dangerous, and they're really going to be gunning for Wisconsin's neck. I would love to go to that game. Yeah, it's a Saturday afternoon. It's Saturday morning, I should say. It's an 11.30 game on a Saturday. I can do that. Can you do that? I think I can do that. I'm not sure if I can do it yet, but uh, if I can, I will go to that. Yeah, I mean, that that's must-watch. That's as must-watch as this Tennessee game is for me. I agree. Even more so. I agree. Especially with the record that we're going to have going into that game. Yep. That could be exciting. 8-0. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, wow, yeah, yeah. I'm going to clip that, post that on Twitter. Okay. Yeah. All right. 8-0 going into that. So we get that Marquette game to start us off. Then we go to our first Big Ten game. Yikes. Against... A fraudulent Michigan State team. Yeah, an early call on the fraudulency. But yes. No, I mean, it's a fantastic team. This is going to be it's on the road. complicated. It's on the road. Oh, yeah. And, and you know their James Madison game? You know what they you know what they love? And we can get into this, too. They have the student section surrounding the first level of the whole court. Oh, that's right, yeah. Behind the benches, behind the hoops. What they do is they have the common fan sit in the second level. Sure. When the second level of the James Madison game was half full. Students all around the court. That is such an advantage. Oh, absolutely. For a college team. Illinois does the same thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, Michigan does it on select nights. They don't do it all the time. But Purdue and Mackey Arena, they do it. Right. It's such an advantage. And then you go to the Kohl Center, and it feels a little too – this is my, my take on it. Okay. It feels a little too NBA. feels a little too casual. Mm-hmm. There's no student presence at all. Do you think the student section is in the wrong spot? Yes. Then? Okay. Yes. Yeah. I think the players think that too. Yeah. And uh, it needs to be behind the benches, at least behind one of the benches. Right. Right. Like, at least shift it in. But Wisconsin. It's not, it's, well, it's not like we don't have people showing up for those, especially no. with hockey right it's now just, as it's it is. Energy. Those are it's, awesome. It's energy. Right. Behind. It's a little different for hockey too. When you're behind the goal, it's a little. Right. It's right. a lot different. It's beneficial. When you're behind the hoop, you don't really feel it as much. Exactly. You need to feel it behind the benches. Yeah. And Wisconsin just does not I, – I think the Kohl Center home crowd is tremendously overrated. I'm curious what your thoughts are on that. So it's funny because I, um, I did this on another pod where we talked about what sport has the most to gain from a home court. And it's, it was those guys mentioning soccer. It was those guys mentioning maybe NFL because it's loud in there. Maybe your snap count gets thrown off. My thought was college basketball because you can see these home teams play these ranked teams – and their home court advantage means everything. I agree. It's going to be a close game if you're in someone's home. And, and, and to follow up that point, you can't say college football because the, the teams, the, the worst teams in college football don't sell out. Right. And they don't sell out their 60,000, 70,000-seat stadiums. But when there's a 12,000-seat uh, or 9,000-seat barn. In this dome where it's echoing, you yeah. can get loud. And you it's a weird build, and you know, like the 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 court perception is off, and yeah. you know the the fans are high. Assembly Hall does a terrific job at that. Oh yeah, the fans are high. It comes down on you. Yeah, that's why that's an impossible place to play. I completely agree. Well, that's what it is. I mean, we if we want to have that presence, maybe we do shift our student section a little bit. Yeah. But I do think this team's going to be exciting enough to have bigger crowds throughout the year. Yeah. I think we are going to have these fan bases where, okay, maybe it is hard to come into the Cole Center and play. And I think that is going to be something that we definitely need. But this Michigan State game, it's not in the Cole Center. No. It's, it's in um, East, it's Lansing. Michigan, East Lansing. Right. It's going to be tough. Nope. Yep. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to enjoy that. Especially, it's easy to stack losses in early in the year. 
It's easy to stack losses. I agree. I agree. So that Michigan State game, you're going to have to come in. They're a young team. They're not that big. They're right. not that big. Right. Wisconsin's got a little bit of size this year. You know, Yaldin, you're, well, let's assume you're not going to have Yaldin. Yeah. But you're going to have Winter, Crowell, Wall, and Gilmore. Are we and tossing in AJ in that? What is he, 6'7"? He plays at more of the guard position, but yes. Yeah, but he could guard bigger, yes, I think. I so. agree. Yeah. He's a guard. He's a guy could guard one through four. Is he playing three this year? Or is yeah, Klesman's at the two. Okay. So he'll play, he'll play a wing spot. Yeah, I mean, I, I love our starting five. Yeah. Height-wise, athleticism, yeah. shooting is good. Yep. And the spark club is a season off the bench. Uh, before we get to the Arizona game, what are your thoughts on Hepburn? Okay. We're going there. I, um, I like Hepburn. I don't like him as much as I maybe should. I think his offense, he's kind of a ball stopper. And I, I don't want to I don't want to knock him at all because he's a phenomenal player. He can get to the rim. He, his floaters need a little tune up. He is a good three point shooter, but I do think he stops the ball a little bit to where we can maybe get into our offense better with what a point guard should be providing. Yes, that and, that is my take. And my response to that is I agree with that. He's a ball stopper, and so far through the year through the Arkansas State game, which you can't put too much stock in, and the UW Stevens point game. Which again, you can't put too much stock right. in. I think Hepburn has made it made it a point to improve his ability in transition. Right. To move the ball ahead of court via passing much more frequently, mm-hmm. which he didn't do his first two years. Right. Right. But to that point, Hepburn is not your traditional point guard. He's a little more heavy footed. He's not going to beat everybody off the dribble. He's not going to beat many people off the dribble at all. Right. He likes his post up. He, he wants to use his, his body. Backs. Loves his step backs. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. You're not an NBA player. That's my take. Like, calm down. You don't need to step the ball. I mean, do step back or post fade from, I, from the deep not... corner. You kill drives like that. It's a college team. Move the ball. I'm Half so teams, upset. They're with playing an... zone. Right, right. I'm so upset with an early shot clock step back. Oh. Oh, nothing grinds my gears more than that. Drives me up the wall. Absolutely. Absolutely crazy. And, um, my take on him is if he could prioritize moving the ball and sort of developing or being the rhythm and developing a rhythm in his offense, then I'll be happy with him. Right. But he drove me crazy last year. Yep. And he was a little better his his first year, his freshman year. But last year especially, he drove me crazy. And maybe it's because he was the bona fide best player on the team. Yeah. And he, now, got, he got handed that label and, pretty early. And then you got Asijin who took it over later in the year, mm-hmm. and now you get storage clearly – better than him right. on the court and more valuable than him on the court. Hopefully that changes a little bit of his mindset that it's my job to move the ball. Why do you think Tyler Wall had a bad year last year? I know he was hindered, hindered with injury, but it was because we weren't moving the ball well enough. Right. Badgers, we weren't giving him opportunities to play his game. They were not. And Crowell, you know, they, they feed Crowell well enough, but Wall is good in transition. Yep. He needs to be going cutting to the basket. He needs to have looks when people are going to the basket. Wisconsin, I saw it in the UW Stevens point game a little bit too. They have a very hard time getting to the basket. Klesman will not beat you off the dribble. No. Hepburn will not beat you off the dribble because usually he's going to warrant their best defender. And Store, despite being a terrific athlete, is not the best dribbler in the entire world. Right. You need guys who can beat people off the dribble. I don't know if we have one person that does that. And does that scare me? Yes. Was it? Will it hinder us in the long run? Probably not. Because Wisconsin plays how Wisconsin plays. They move the ball. But as long as Hepburn can kind of set into his own playing the point guard position, not the shooting guard position, 
I think Wisconsin will be far more successful than last year. So you said something interesting there. You said Hepburn warrants the best defender on the opposing team, the best guard defender. Yes. Do you think that maybe changes to A.J. Store if it's a bigger defender? I think they're going to get their best defender pound for pound on Store. Okay. That, yeah, no, I can agree with you they, there. They warrant different. Hepburn is six foot. Right. They're, they're, they're going to warrant different defenders. But in terms of their best guard defender, and every team has one, right. every team has that pesky guard defender that's 5'10", active hands, quick feet. Davion Mitchell, player Knows how to beat people off the right. dribble. Zakai Ziegler, if you will. Okay, yep. He will be on Hepburn to start the game, and he those guys are a pain in the rear end. So I, I'm curious to see how he handles that. But to that point, they got to make it more of an emphasis to try to get to the basket. They're great in transition. Yeah. When there's no defender kind of in front of them like that, they're great in transition. It's the half-court offense that kind of worries me a little bit. Something that I found interesting, too, is that I think we did put a lot of pressure, and I'm saying we as a collective, maybe fan base and also the team, put a lot of pressure on Chucky Hepburn his first two years. Uh, I don't disagree with that. I think now— Last year more than the first year. Yes, absolutely. I think now he's got a team here where we're returning a lot of guys. Sure. I think we are adding new additions that are going to be in the rotation. Yep. And we've seen that, obviously, with the new starter, A.J. Store. Yep. I think maybe the pressure goes off him a little bit. He can be more loose on the court. He can maybe take some more transition open threes. He can maybe get into his groove more where he doesn't need to take those fadeaways. Yeah. He doesn't need to take those step-back threes. And I think it makes him a better player. I think he cuts down his turnovers. Do you think that was a need to take a step-back three or want to take a step back three. When it's early in the shot clock, obviously it's a want. Yeah. But I think he was taking some of those later in the shot clock. Because he it feels was, like he needs to provide offense. Right. It was passed to him out late, and he needed to go make a play. He needed to go score. Mm-hmm. It's tough to do that, being a six-foot, kind of heavier on his feet guard. It's tough to be that guy that needs to go like, oh, let's go get you a bucket. Sure. What we should be doing is getting Tyler Wall mid-post, low-post, letting him rip through and just go get a foul. Yeah, and they, they don't do enough high-low with no, Wall and Crowell. No. I think that's a very valuable – and they, those guys have played together for three years now. Right. You should – especially on, on Friday, because uh, Tennessee's got a couple transfers coming in. They're going to look new as well. You should feel in your bones the experience from this team and them playing together. You Absolutely. You should feel it. Absolutely. You should feel the composure. You should feel the chemistry – I think I saw it in the transition. Each player knew where the other one wanted to be in transition. They'd move the ball really well. They'd pass it up court. Active hands to a degree. But you should feel the experience of this team. That was something that I'm going to look for in the first five minutes of this Tennessee game. How do they respond to two turnovers or two quick buckets for Tennessee? Right. Do you need a timeout or can you slow the game down? And that's big. And that is y- big. Young teams use a timeout. Experienced teams know how to slow the game down and get a foul, stop the clock. Okay, so experienced team, like you said, we returned our five starters from last year, but obviously we changed it up a little bit. What do you think about the new additions on this team? Okay. Obviously we spoke about A.J. Store. There's somebody else I want to bring up that we haven't talked about Precisely. yet. Precisely. Backup point guard, John Blackwell. Mm-hmm. John Blackwell is a guy who came in. He's a freshman, true freshman. Uh, came in from Illinois. Somebody who was not necessarily put in the spotlight in the offseason. Kind of a quiet piece of the puzzle for Gardner's staff. Nobody really knew what he was about, how much minutes he was going to get. Because Gardner notoriously does not play these uh, freshman guards. Right. Other than Hepburn. Yeah. And now Blackburn. And Blackwell. 
And Asijian as or well. A little bit but Asijian yeah. was sprinkled in. He was the only offense yeah. on the roster. Yeah. Point being, Blackwell was being heralded as a guy who just knew how to play. Mm. You go to the UW Stevens Point game, you watch the Arkansas State game. That, to me, is apparent. Blackwell knows how to get his hands active in passing lanes. He knows how to be a pest offensively. He can hit a three. He moves the ball very well. He does back cuts. He goes to the basket. He pump fakes. A guy who has a feel. He, I thought this was one of the biggest leads last year. I didn't think Isaac Lindsay could do it. Mm -hmm. A backup point guard that changed the vibe of the roster and changed the vibe of the lineup on the floor. Yeah, John Blackwell does that. Mm -hmm. He is a different feel than Hepburn in a good way. He is a good defender, so you don't miss any. You don't miss a step defensively. Can hit a three, so you don't miss that. But he's a little more pass and kick. He's a little bit more go to the hoop, pump fake, look out. Right. I loved what I saw from him. I have high expectations for him. I could see him being the first or second guy off the bench consistently. Okay. By the end of the year, I like that. I like that because, like we said, we maybe saw some ball stopping, and that's maybe why our offense. Didn't look great last you, year. You want a different feel. You yeah. need something different. You need a change of pace. Well, that's what's great when coming off the bench is that you can have a different. <clears throat> excuse me. You can have a different flow to your offense. You can have a different defensive kind of persona. Sure. And if you get Blackwell in there, you can have these playmaking abilities. You can have these passing kicks, like you said, to where we're getting open looks rather than isolation basketball. So to flip the question on you. Doesn't have to be somebody new. Who's going to be the unsung MVP guy who comes out of nowhere? Not your traditional MVP. Who's going to be the most valuable player? Let's exclude Store. Right. Who would be that? That's the easy way out. Unsung MVP that you think is going to have a really big year. Not everybody's expecting him to, and he's going to be wildly crucial to the success of this team. Okay, so not a guy that is going to blow up the stat sheet by any means. He can. I really will. Just take away store. This that, is, that's what yeah, I'm saying. I got you. This is kind of my take on this. I don't think he's going to blow up the stat sheet, but I think his presence is invaluable. You know, I, I really loved what I saw out of him late last year. Okay. He's in the starting lineup this year. It's Klesman. Yep. I love his game. I love his – when he's making threes, I love his ability to catch and he shoot. He was inconsistent last year with that. Yes, but when he is – when he is. And I think it's another thing where there's less pressure on him to be a scorer. I think he's a, a great defender. And I think he's one of those glue guys that will catch the ball at the top of the key and swing it to the right side and get us kind of going. If you look at the great teams in college hoops, every team has a glue. Right. A glue is wildly necessary to the success of the team. I don't think that's Storr. I don't think that's Hepburn. Because no. Hepburn's kind of polarizing in his play style. Right. To your point... Klesman kind of plays it friendly. Right. He's, he's almost secondary. He plays it friendly. He hits a big shot when he needs to. He plays hard-nosed, gritty defense. He'll right. probably play the, he'll defend the best guard. And he can move the ball well. Right. He, he's a pass-first look. And that is somebody that teammates, teammates gravitate towards. He's a relatively experienced guy. You got to be excited for him. I, I think he's going to have a big year, too. Hopefully. Hopefully. And I think it's going to be funny when you see these stat sheets of him. One game he's going to score three points in a, in a win. One-for-one well, one shooting. Right. On 30 minutes, 35 minutes. The next game he's going to go maybe four for six from three, have 16 points. But then that next game it's going to be back down. Yeah. And it's, it's going to be him playing the same brand of basketball the entire time, though, yeah. which is beautiful, yeah. which is what you need. Because when you have Chucky going two for 11, 
but you have this guy Klesmit making his three-point shots, it changes the game for you. Mm-hmm. I feel like he picks up the slack when maybe our quote-unquote star players are lacking a bit. And the star players, for Wisconsin especially, have an issue where if they're not hitting their shot, you could feel it everywhere else on the court. Right. That's like body the, language. That is a player that needs – that is a score-first player. Right. Players that are not score-first don't need to score to be effective. Chucky Hepburn used to be that. Mm-hmm. He is now leaning into the score-first mentality. Right. A but CG I also – is somebody who, if he's not hitting a shot – he doesn't do a ton on the floor. So I will I will say I want a season being that volume score though. I think that's your role this year. He's a score first player. I we, think it's we know get that. in there, go score. If you're not, we're just gonna go somewhere else. But but I'm arguing for the importance of guys who aren't score first. Right. Who I think Wall is great at it. Wall's always been great at mm-hmm. it. He does not need to score to be effective. Right. I think Crowell is a little bit more of a score first big store from what I've seen so far, can impact the games a lot of ways. It's Asijin, it's Hepburn. Those guys need to score to be effective. You need a guard who could doesn't need to be doesn't need a three threes right. to feel effective. Right. And feeling effect he he needs to dive on a loose ball. Sure. Or get a crucial rebound. Or draw a foul in a in a crucial spot. That's the guy who we the Wisconsin Badgers need. Mm-hmm. And hopefully Hep uh Klesman, who was inconsistent last year. He was. He would go quiet. For many, many minutes last year, if he could consistently keep that sort of hard-nosed, gritty mentality through the 40 minutes of play, right? I think they could go free, they could really do some damage in the, in the conference. I think it's not so much knowing your role this year. I think it's playing your role. Yeah. I think it's sticking the, to— The roles are set. Right. Exactly. Nothing's changing. If you don't know that by now, well— Last year, it was sort of like nobody knew where a season was going to be shifted into the mix. Nobody knew how much Gilmore was going to be involved. Mm-hmm. Klesman was a new piece. Nobody really knew where everybody stood. Right. After a year of that, that lineup left thinking, we know where everybody plays. We know what their, their strengths are. But what they need is a backup point guard. They got. A backup big. They got. And some much-needed athleticism, which they definitely got. And this team is deep. Deep. Go nine deep. Right. You got to assume in a big game. I'm curious to see what the box score looks like in terms of player minutes played. My assumption it will be Winter playing in the realm of eight to twelve minutes. Mm-hmm. It will be Blackwell playing in the realm of twelve to fifteen minutes. Asijin, of course, playing twenty five thirty minutes. Do we have a healthy Asijin? Do we know that? Come yeah, Friday? I got to assume that. Okay. Yeah. Unless something they're not going to share anything. Uh, and then those three. And you got to assume that Gilmore's going to get involved. Right. So Gilmore's going to give you 10, 15 minutes. It's pretty damn good. And it is early, so I think those margins are correct when saying maybe guys off the bench will see a little increased volume. Yeah. I would love for Hepburn to be around that 28, 30-minute range. I think what Guard's trying to do is he's trying to find that second lineup. Mm-hmm. He's trying to find, all right, here's my second five with one or two starters involved where – I could go four, five, six minutes with them and not be worried. And that's the beauty of this preseason um, tougher schedule is that you're going to have these gritty games. You're going to have these kind of churn it out, go get a bucket, it's going to be tough type of games early. And that's going to make it so much easier on this team to get into Big Ten play and maybe churn out a win, maybe get gritty, maybe win a game that you really didn't play well offensively 
but you got the win regardless. Yeah. I think it's going to be beautiful to see, and I really am excited to see how Greg Gard does these minutes, to your point, because we are playing these tougher opponents early. Prediction time. Sure. Tennessee, Providence, Marquette, Michigan State, Arizona. Michigan State, Arizona, Providence on the road, Marquette, Tennessee at home. Our record through those five games. Go ahead. Not total, just those five. Okay, those five, we're, I'm just going to reiterate what you said. It's Tennessee, Providence, Michigan State, Arizona, and Marquette? Correct. Okay. I, um, I'm a fan of an upset at home. I'm going to take us against Tennessee. And that, that's starting the season off with a bang. I think Want to know. I think we do slow down a little. I think our, our gas is a little bit on E against Providence. A little bit of hangover game. Hangover game yeah. And I think we sneak out of there barely. Wow. I think we're going to be 2-0. Then we go to is Mar- it, is it Marquette. Jump ahead to Marquette. Going to Marquette. Okay. I was going to say maybe something about Virginia. Maybe I won't. Let's add him. Okay. I think we lose to Virginia. Okay. I think it's going to be a weird brand of basketball in that game. Two and one. Yes. Two and two. I'm sorry, Marquette. You best us. You do. Fair You're great. You're a great. Team. At home. It's a. It's a. Yes. It's a good loss though. It's a good loss because Marquette that will game, be that, great. That game's not uh, – we we uh, Wisconsin felt it last year. There was a lot of Badger fans at, at that Marquette game last yeah. year. It's going to be the same way flipped this year. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a lot of Marquette fans there. It's not as much of a home game as people would like to admit. No, it's not. So, Especially with, like you said earlier, the not-so-great student section presence. No. And, I, and, and, it, I don't think our home court has as much of a factor as it should. Okay. Two and two with two to, with two to go. Yes, and, and – to, the, to your point, that Marquette game, not a bad loss. I don't think we, we, we go into that game with everything to win. A bad loss to is lose. not to a top five, top ten opponent. Right. So I think we're good there. I think we're okay dropping that game. Then we go at Michigan State. I think we do start Big Ten play with a loss. Two and three. Two and three. Arizona's very tough. Very tough. And I really hate to say we're going to be two and four, but I think I might have to. Wow. I'm I, surprised I mean, by I, that. I just. I just I do have faith in this team. Arizona, Arizona, by the way, beat Morgan State in their first game of the year, 122 to 59. Yeah, they got Duke uh, on Friday as though as well, though. Oh, so that'll, that'll be interesting. interesting. So you get a feel for what Arizona is really about. So maybe maybe these predictions change after that game. Okay. But right now, I think those games we're looking at two and four, and it's going to be rough because we are going to take a skid there. That's a four game stretch. Right. We are going to take a skid there. But I, I think it is still early enough to where we're kind of figuring out the kinks. Yeah, can I see us winning one of those four games? For sure. Can I see us winning multiple of those games? For sure. I do still think we're going to be adjusting the lineups a little bit. We are experienced, for sure. But I do think those teams are good enough to know their brand of basketball, know ours, get those wins. Wow. How about you, Colin? Four. Are you going to be a little more optimistic than me? I think I will. Good. Four losses for you. Wow. You have no confidence in this team, do you? I have all the confidence <laughs> in this team, but I also know the opponents that we're playing here. Fair enough. I agree on Tennessee. Start the start the year off with a top 10 upset at home. Yes. 1-0. and oh. Providence, I think we're going to lose. Okay. And uh, I say that for a couple of reasons. Providence brought back there are a lot of their good players. We're, we're going to be talking about Bryce Hopkins this time next year, next week. Really? Yeah. Mm. He's a good player. Okay. He's going to be a national player of the year candidate. Wow. He's going to be one of the better players in the Big Te- Big East. Not an easy place to play. Coming off a hangover game, give me one and one through two okay. of those big-time matchups. Virginia, I think the Badgers are going to take it. I don't know what Virginia really has in store. 
ever since losing Kihei Clark. I don't trust them. And Tony Bennett, great coach. Mm-hmm. No issue with Tony Bennett. But Virginia, this is not the game Virginia wants to play. They want to slow down a fast team. I'm not sure if we are as fast as I'm making us out to be. Sure. I think Wisconsin will fit into a shoe by slowing it down. Interesting. That makes sense. It does. It does. So I think the Badgers would take that Virginia game. So give me two and one okay. through those three. Two and one. Marquette, I agree. I think Marquette will beat the Badgers this year. I'm going to go two and two. Two and two. Here's where we differ. A Michigan State game. Fraudulent yeah, like, Michigan State. I, I see, that's my, that's my deal. You're, 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 every time we brought up Michigan State, you've mentioned the fact that they're fraudulent. Yep. Yet they're beating us when they take us. They sure are. Okay. Michigan State on the road. Give me the Badgers in that game. On the road, you know first Big Ten game. 12-point 12 12 victory. Wow. 12-point victory. Wow, okay. Give me a 12-point victory in that game. That will be, what is that, December 5th? So that's going to be a Tuesday. Mm. Uh, so December 5th on a Tuesday, 6 p.m. Give me the Badgers in that. Okay. No? Final right. season for Michigan State students. They're not going to feel the heat as much. Not going to be a ton of people there. Michigan State early in the year, young team. Me the Badgers. I'm a fan of that. By 12 points. I support Arizona, you. I agree. I got to assume that's 12-9. That's another Saturday day game. Give me another loss in that one. That's not an easy place to play in Tucson. So through six, I got us at three and three instead of two and four. And what's incredible is the difference between ours. Two and four versus three and three. That is drastic. You f- if you feel it, for sure. Oh, yeah. Mine oh, feels yeah. optimistic. Yours feels pessimistic. Right, and it's a one-game swing. Well, two-game swing. But it's it's very much either a four-game skid or we sprinkle in a couple wins and losses. What's ceiling and floor? So that's what I wanted to get to. Got to go to it. You start us off. I think ceiling has to be, and it absolutely has to be, a Big Ten championship. I think we're in that kind of realm where we could play for one of those. Obviously, Purdue is And what about in March? Okay, yeah, in March. I think Big Ten Championship, second weekend. Yeah, yeah. I, I think our best overall seed that we're going to be in is probably a four. With a Big Ten Championship, you could see a three. Yeah. I don't think our Big Ten Championships means we played extremely well during the Big Ten Conference play. I think it's a Big Ten tournament win. So yeah. you're assuming that the Badgers will not finish within the top three in conference, but will make a run in the, in the Big Ten Championship and the Big Ten tournament? Yes. Okay. That's what I could see. I could see us getting that win in the Big Ten Championship and maybe getting a three. I think we do make it to second weekend. That's the ceiling. Yeah, I think so. Okay. I think so. It's a good I year. Think it's, I think it's, that's a great year. I, I, th- I believe so, too. After going to NIT, I think that's a fantastic year. That's what you can hope for. I think our floor is going to be more maybe injury-riddled. Okay. Maybe... We take, a, we take those skids that I talked about, plus some. Maybe we lose to Tennessee, too. Drop a few games. We lose to, It's bad early, really bad early. Maybe not figuring ourselves out because this is a very tough preseason schedule. Very tough. It could be. It could Potentially be, four top ten matchups. And it could potentially be a loss to Providence, too, a loss to Virginia, too. We could see six losses before we get into the thick of it in conference. God play. forbid, but yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, it's possible. And sure. that's why we're calling it the floor. We could struggle in Big Ten play like we did last year. We could lose some of those games that we shouldn't have. And it could be a NIT. Um, we're back. It could be we're back in the NIT. Oh, that bad? It could be. 
Oh my you don't, god. You don't think so? No. Okay. I think they'll qualify for the tournament. Oh my god. NIT again. That was uh we were up in arms about that last it's year. It's a it's a wide range for sure, but I think it's realistic. Oh my god. I it I like I understand the point, but they're th- this is the same team as last year, and then some, and then some experience, some another year, unless everybody goes down. With God forbid that, but if unless everybody goes down, I can't see them not qualify. For but the we point. are saying that we could see people go down. That's why it's the ceiling. It's a poss. I I believe the the ceiling is meant to be a possibility. I think this is a realistic possibility. Is that maybe this doesn't work out too well? Call me a pessimist. Call me whatever you want. I Colin. think I think I think coming out of this, I think that's what you're gonna get is a pessimist <laughs> for this basketball team. Maybe it's because you haven't seen them live and in person yet. Oh, that could be it. Maybe when you see them live in Tennessee and you're like, wow, seems faster, they're better, they shoot threes better than I had anticipated. Wow, I gotta go do another podcast. I gotta go do I gotta correct one. myself. I need to go redo this. Uh, uh Chrissy, please, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get another one in. Jeez. Oh man. Yeah, I mean, obviously. I think this team's going to go 14 and 17. No. Well. No. Don't give me that look. No, Don't give me that no, look. No, For no, those who can't see, he's giving me that, well, well, maybe. They won't. They uh, they won't? I don't know. They won't. So what? what's your, what's, let's get off me. Oh, my let's God. Get <laughs> they won't. Okay. All right. Here's my take. I think the Big Ten, for starters, is weak. Mm-hmm. I think the Big Ten is probably the fourth. Power conference in college hoops. Is it? Is I it think SEC, it goes, Big Twelve. No, I think I think the Big, Big East, Big East sure. and Big Twelve are one A, one B. Okay. Then I'm gonna go and shift to uh, the SEC, and then I would probably go to the ACC. Would you go Pac-12? USC's looking promising. Yeah, no. Arizona. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Okay. I wouldn't. I think the bo- the bottom half of the Big uh, Pac-12 is really weak. Okay. Big Ten. Purdue's going to be great. You know that. Mm-hmm. But other than that, Purdue's going to be really good. Michigan State's going to be pretty solid. Michigan looked a lot better. Indiana, eh. Illinois, eh. Mm-hmm. Iowa, definitely not. Penn State, eh. Northwestern? Penn State loses their head coach. Northwestern, no. I don't see a ton. I really don't. So, in terms of Big Ten, I think it's going to be a weak year for the Big Ten. I don't think there's going to be a, other than Purdue, I do not think there will be a top twelve to fourteen team in that in the AP poll towards the end of the year. Okay. From that point, Big Ten is going to be weak. I think the Badgers, as a ceiling, will be top twenty. I think they'll be top twenty going into the conference tournament, and because of that, I think they will get a two-three seed in that Big Ten championship and Big Ten tournament. Okay. I don't really put as much stock. In the conference tournament, when you know you're going to be a NCAA tournament, fair, fair. When you're going dancing, I don't put as much stock in the actual. Got a uh, little less to play for, kind of. Yeah. Because the way I look at it is, I look at it last year, like UConn. UConn lost in the semifinal of the Big East tournament right. to Marquette. Marquette loses first weekend. UConn goes all the way. Mm-hmm. Can't put as much stock as you'd like to as you'd like to put in the conference tournaments. So because of that, I'm going to uh, not predict a Big Ten championship. But I'm going to predict a Elite Eight. Oh wow! For the Badgers, and I will predict that it will be like very well in the mix. Okay. To go into that final weekend, I believe it's in Phoenix. Okay. Very well, much in the mix to go to Phoenix. But I think 
a loss in the Elite Eight would be bring me down to earth a little bit. I'm not going to win the championship. I don't know if this team's that talented. I like your ceiling better than mine already, and I know yeah. I'm going to like your floor better than mine My as well. floor. No, I don't think this team's going to go winless like you do. Uh, I, I don't think that this team is going to – every player is going to be absolutely battered by injuries. What I do think is if you're thinking about low end, I think 10, 11 losses, first four of the NCAA tournament. Okay. First four. Badgers We're still have, dancing at our floor. They've seen that before. Yeah. It happens. Badgers have played in that first four before. They were thinking about it for last year. Yeah. If we maybe a couple things go different. Uh-huh. I think first four, like a comfortable first four. Okay. Uh, it all depends on how they do in the conference tournament. But, you know, 20-something wins, 10-something losses. I think that is a more realistic of a floor for this Badger team. I would have a very hard time believing. And I'm not going to say the floor is like everybody getting hurt because I don't think that's fair to say. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. But because of that, from what I've seen so far, I have high expectations. I can't put the floor that low for this Badger team. That's what I'll say for that. What I will say is that floor is already a significant jump from last year, I feel like. I would agree. And it's one that's based not, – not based on, but it's we one should that all, is We should always affected. assume that the, that the Hoops team is going to qualify for the NCAA tournament. I feel like we should, but it's also – we saw what happened last year. A weak Big Ten will not help them in that. A weak Big Ten will not – they will give benefit of the doubt – to the Xavier's of the world right. that are fourth, fifth in conference of a great conference with UConn and Creighton and all those teams that are ahead of them and Marquette. Big East is good. Yeah. Big no, East got three really, top ten teams. Really good. Yeah. And I think UConn is going to be top dog once again. Uh, I think UConn's got a lot of firepower. Marquette's got a lot of firepower. Creighton bringing a lot of guys back. Big East going to be dangerous. Big 12, obviously they got Kansas and Texas. Mm-hmm. So Baylor. They got a lot of guys. Baylor, uh, great win against Auburn. Mm-hmm. Got a lot of teams in the mix there, but so that makes it more difficult for us. It, it, you don't get benefit of the doubt. Big Ten gets no benefit of the doubt, right? And if we're middle of the pack, maybe back middle, it's not. It's not this first four or whatever. Yeah, it's not. And, and you, you think about it, the, what has the Big Ten really done in the tournament? Really? Um, I mean, like Michigan was in the final against Nova in 2019. Wisconsin had their two runs in the Final Four. Purdue loses early very often. They're in the Elite Eight in 2019 as well. Well, what we did do is got FDU's coach a new job, so that was cool. Uh Good for them. Good for them. Yeah. Uh, But the idea is Big Ten does not win a big game. No. Same thing with college football. Big Ten is not great in a big game. It is known as the Northerner traditional gritty conference for college sports. Right. The athletes – Partially because probably the academics in Big Ten gets in the way. But the terrific athletes go to the Big 12. They go to the Big East. They go to the ACC. That's where they go, the SEC. Big Ten is the traditional Midwesterner. It's it's a little different in terms of play style for football and basketball. Mm-hmm. You, you got, for football, more than anything. Oh, my God. It's like you're watching two different sports when you're yeah. watching the no, Big absolutely. 12. Pac-12, and then you tuned into a Big Ten game. So does all of this not feed into maybe our floor being a little lower than you might have no, said? No, I still you think they because so. I, th- I think they're going to be top near near the top of the conference regardless. I think regardless, they'll be I think okay. they'll be top five in the conference, floor and ceiling. Okay, so we're we're hoping that these returning players made a jump. We're hoping that the new additions, uh, yeah, make our team that much. And it's not that better. big of a it's not that big of a gap, 
But I think the gap between finish, finishing second in the conference and fifth in the conference will be definitely a couple of games. Right. And I think that's going to be the gap. It will be five, six games. Okay. Okay, I, yeah. I that's mean, my I, take. I agree with you. Obviously not to the extent that we're seeing eye to eye. Okay. But I do agree with you. I, I'm just skeptical because we saw this team play last year. We're returning a lot of these same guys. I'm hopeful and I am faithful that this team did take that jump. We did have great new additions. We are deeper. We are going to be able to score the basketball better than we did last year. Okay. I just don't know if I can say that our ceiling is tournament or our, our floor is tournament. Okay. What's your uh, concrete prediction? Okay, concrete prediction. We'll do that. I say we are a sixth seed in the tournament. We do make it past the first weekend. Wow. That's what I'm going for. Okay. That's what I think this team can be. That's probably what I think the most realistic thing this team could be is that. And I think we do play well in the Big Ten. I think we do take two of these games early, maybe three of these games early, which could be great in when we get down to bracketology, when we do look at these quad wins. That's going to be phenomenal. I think we could beat Michigan State at home because I think we do play them later in the year. Away is going to be tough. I, I, I like sixth seed for these guys. I like maybe a semifinalist in our Big Ten championship tournament. I, I like what this team has to offer, and I think I'm going to like what they finish the year as. Okay. To flip off of that, I got to provide my perspective before I give my concrete prediction. Number one, I'm a senior at this school. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have a more of a optimistic prediction than the rest because if God is listening, I want the Badgers to have a terrific basketball season in my final year of my collegiate career. Right. That's number one. Number two, my concrete prediction, I would give it a low-end four seed. Not I the don't top, hate that. I don't hate a that. low end four seed. Yeah. Uh in the realm of twenty four, twenty five wins. Twenty six wins maybe. Four seed, do well in the in the conference tournament. Okay. And I think second weekend. Okay. Hopefully to the Elite Eight. And that I would do, be my that would be my concrete prediction. I do think that's realistic. Damn near my ceiling. Sure. That is my prediction. I think that's realistic. I like that too. I do like that for you as a senior. And I wish why not? you the best. Why not? I, I don't know. I why don't know not? why not. I'm not putting my house on it. No. I'm not I'm not putting I don't have any kids. I'm not putting their college tuition on it. As you shouldn't. As I should. For those degenerate gamblers that are listening, do not put your house or kids' Please college don't. tuition no. on Wisconsin get in the second stay. weekend of the tournament. No. Don't do that. Please don't. But point is, why not? Let me ha- let me have some fun. Let me be disappointed. Yeah. I don't let me be surprised. Let me be disappointed. Maybe that's my problem is that I don't want to be disappointed. You want it, yeah. You don't want to be disappointed. You want to be surprised. Yes. I'm used to being disappointed. Fair. Maybe that's why I am too. Okay. Yeah. Maybe that's why I'm a little lower in my sights. We got to change that. Hopefully this Badger team can. Oh, we got to change that. Hopefully they can. Well, the football team does not believe a bad taste in everybody's mouth. Let's, let's put it that way. Yeah, I mean, I, I had very low expectations for this football team. Of course. I, I'm going to be honest. I'm not surprised. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm a pessimist I'm not in my predictions, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, it's validating your opinion today. Well, that's that's what we, I was talking with Strofe about this back when we did like one of those run-through podcasts, and I said, like, yeah, I mean, this team's not going to be great in their first year, this football team. And he's Were like, they what? be good no. next year? No. No. It's a tougher schedule. Uh-huh. It's not getting any easier. Will they be good in the next four years? 
Sure. What is sure? Sure is okay. One year? Okay. One year? No, no. No, no year. Two years? I'll give it one year. We'll go one year. Maybe maybe that fourth year of Fickle's regime. Maybe when there's a little so more pressure. So one year in the next four, Wisconsin will be good. I'd say, and good for me is three losses at most in a very tough conference, in a very new conference. Yeah, you got you to gotta view it a little differently. Yeah, it's skewed Plus the auto bit. bid. Yeah. yeah. I think a great year is sneak an auto bid, okay. but that will never happen. No, never, never. I think I think now that it's a twelve team playoff too, I'm gonna and maybe, there's no divisions. You I'm can't. gonna I'm gonna expand my terms of a good team a little bit. Thank God. Yeah. No, I, God. I'll give you guys the a two loss team in in the college football is viewed as a bad year if they're a perennial contender. If we have two football. losses, I will scream from the hills. Thank you. I will be so overjoyed. Okay. No national aspirations like Luke Fickle's saying. Not from me. Not from you. Not from me. You can do those, though. I'll leave those to you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I'll take that and run. You're the, you're the good cop. I'm the you bad know, cop. I, I, you know, with the, fo- with the football team, I am no longer good cop. Okay, yeah. But that's another conversation for another day. Hard to play that role. I had a lot of fun today. I hope you did, Yeah, too. I appreciate you having me on. I don't know. Yeah, this is uh, my first go around on the jump around as well. Oh, really? Maybe we're gonna have to do this and again. It's interesting. You, you you hadn't seen the team live. Yeah, You're I think right. that was a mistake on your part. I do too. I did watch some highlights. You watched some highlights. Yeah, if that if that does. How long were the hi- was the highlight video? Eight minutes, maybe nine. Eight minutes. Yeah, I don't know. It's a short highlight video. Yeah, no, it is. I did read a little bit. You read a little bit. I did. Yeah. How much did you read? Maybe one or two articles. One or two articles. Yeah. Was it one or was it two? Good question. Did you take a look at the box score? I did. Yes. You of did. Course, of course. Okay. Of course. I live for the box score. Okay. Yeah. Not so, in the pre or not in the exhibition. How game, many though. home games will you get to this year? There's f- twelve home games that you have tickets to. I'm hoping, and I don't have season tickets. Okay. I'm hoping it's four. Four. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Purdue. How about yourself? How about yourself? I have the h- t- tickets. Thank God I got that. That with that stupid lottery that this school does. Yeah. No. I mean, I miss out on that. Uh, Maybe next year. I'm going to the Tennessee game. Uh, The Marquette game is up in the air. Hopefully I could go to that. I will go to a bunch of random games throughout, but most of the Big Ten games, if it's on a Tuesday, if it's on a Monday, if it's on a Friday, I'm going to go. Yeah. And I'd love to say the same, but we're going to see how my paychecks look, and we're going to see if I can put them towards basketball games. Pick up a couple extra shifts. I think I might have to. You got to see the team live. I uh, I agree, and I'm very excited for Friday. I also love going to college hoops games live and in person. I'd almost rather watch a college hoops game that's going to be close than an NBA game. And I don't think that's Almost right. I would 100% rather. Okay, good, good. I'm glad we're I think the NBA has a lot of issues, but again, another conversation for another day. You're right. And we will have that conversation. When we do the NBA version of the jump around. Ooh, wow. Mm-hmm. Stay tuned. Mm-hmm. Stay tuned. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much, Colin, for joining me. No, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. A lot of fun. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks to David Giardino and Isabel Kramer for contributing the music for this podcast.